You're listening to the Ambition Incubator podcast, and I'm your host, Deirdre Morrison. My thing is helping people understand how our brains work so that we can be better and do better in any area of life that's important to us. So as well as bite-sized brain science, I'll be bringing you interviews and advice from experts and guests who specialize in working with entrepreneurs and leaders to help them explore potential, possibilities, and ways to be more effective. And the best bit? We can start right now. What does it mean to feel your feelings? Anne Hintz, the author of Pathway to Insight, shared her story with me recently, and it's one that a lot of people will no doubt find interesting. Anne experienced a life-changing trauma in her teens when she found her mother dead. Like so many people, she didn't fully process this grief at the time. We pick up the story as Anne reveals what first made her wonder if her then experience was normal and what prompted her to think about finding help. She tells us why she doesn't rate positive thinking and where her recovery journey took her. Anne tells us about her work with the technique known as tapping. Now, you may be aware that that's been around for a while, but it's really only coming into its own now in terms of research to back up the claims of practitioners. And there are still many questions about how it actually works, but little doubt left about the fact that it does work. Tapping, or EFT to give it its other name, has been used extensively to treat trauma, and research has shown it to be more effective than many other popular alternatives. So let's hear what Anne has to say. So Anne, I I would love to ask you a little bit about a certain stage in your journey. And I know that your journey has a number of kind of almost distinct parts to it. But was there an insight or a revelation or a time that you can remember where you found yourselves moving into what I guess, is the first of the three parts of the journey towards recovering or integrating your trauma. Absolutely, there was. And I think a lot of us go through something big that Mm. provides an opening for us. And it was. It was kind of a business altercation with a couple of other mothers at my boys' school. And they told me I had done something wrong. And they were very self-confident, self-assured, authority-type women. And I was this scared mother on the inside. And they told me I'd done something wrong. And I didn't think I had. But my mind started spinning out of control. It just went over and over what they'd said and what I'd said and what had happened. And I couldn't let it go. It went on in my mind for about three days and I couldn't sleep. And that's when I realized I don't think this is normal. I don't think other people would react so intensely to something that really wasn't a big deal. And that was the time I realized, okay, it's a little bit like how I would react when my dad told me I'd done something wrong. Hmm. So that was the little opening that maybe there's something from my childhood that's still affecting me to this day, which is kind of funny when I think about it now, because there was so much, but that was just the little bit of awareness I was given in that moment. Yeah, that's that's really fascinating, isn't it? Um, that, you know, that being able to just connect those two things, that that provides a little bit of a chink, a little bit of a, a way through. And tell me, what happened after that? What what had you been investigating um, sort of personal development or looking at the, the way your your mind was working or anything before that? Or was that what prompted you to then dig into that? I had done some of that in my 20s. I did a lot of dietary things like external things to try and change the way I felt internally that didn't really have much of an effect. And I tried things like uh, positive thinking. I listened mm. to a lot of Abraham Hicks and I did read a lot of books 
but nothing had seemed to work for mm-hmm. a long period of time. Right? I wanted something that really, really worked. Yeah. <laughs> and and at that point, I didn't know what to do. I knew I needed to do something. And it happened that in that time frame, I went to a doctor's appointment and he was a holistic physician. I don't remember why I went there. It was nothing to do with emotions for sure, but he mm-hmm. recognized I was more stressed than I should be. And so he asked me on a scale of zero through 10, what my stress level was. And I was a stay at home mother at the time, right? It shouldn't have been that stressful. And I said, oh, it was I don't an know eight. about that now. I'm sure there <laughs> right? are people who disagree could be. with you. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know. Yeah, it definitely could be, but he recognized it was more than that. Mm. And he, I said eight and then he asked me why. And it was that question that made me realize it was when I was 19, I found my mother dead on the bathroom floor when I woke up one morning. And the tears mm. from that event, which was now two decades earlier, was still just under the surface. Mm. So I hadn't, hadn't moved on from then. They were still just there. And he happened to know this technique that's called EFT, which is short for emotional freedom technique. It's also called tapping mm-hmm. so, because we're tapping on our body. And so he tapped with me about my mother's death for about 15 minutes. And I walked away from that appointment, being able to tell the story in my mind without the emotions there anymore. And that was the first time I realized that we store them physically in our body and that we can let them go. Yeah, it's, it, it is amazing, isn't it? And, you know, we, we seem to have this, I guess, received wisdom that our thoughts and our emotions are somewhere in our head because that's where our brain is and that's where our executive function is. But realistically, we are not, you know, these discrete things of a brain inside a shell like body. They are connected, they are intertwined and they operate in unison. So it makes perfect sense that, you know, we have to think about where else this is and how else this is manifesting. Can I ask what you then noticed maybe about where or how you had been holding this, these really deep emotions? I didn't have much awareness at that point, right? So they mm. just came out as tears, really, at right. that point. Um, I, I went home that day and actually learned how to use the technique more because it's available for free online. So I learned everything I could about it. Mm. And I still didn't at that point necessarily believe that it was going to work, So Mm -hmm. I wanted to test it out. And at the time, I had a 17-year-old cat at home who we'd just been told needed to have a daily saline shot because his kidneys were failing. Mm -hmm. So the first time I gave him that shot, my hand was shaking so bad. I was so afraid of hurting him and giving him the shot. And that's when I thought, okay, I, I need to test out this technique because I can't do this every day. It was just too emotional for me. So that's when I tapped on it and I tapped about my hand shaking. I tapped about my fear of hurting the cat and about all the memories I had from all the injections I had because I had had many. And the next day when I gave him that shot, the needle just slid right in. Mm. And that's when I really realized how deceptively powerful EFT is. It doesn't look like it's doing a lot, right? Because we're just tapping on our body as we're Mm -hmm. saying something. And I also realized that the freedom was on the other side of that fear, and that's where I wanted to get. So that that point was really the start of the journey. That's when I decided I'm going to do this. I know it's powerful and I really want to change. And as I started mm. doing it, the awareness expands, right? Mm. I, I was not aware at the beginning. I, I knew the words. I knew the stories. I knew the beliefs, some of the beliefs that I had. And I just worked with the words, But as I did more and more, I became aware of my emotions during the day 
And then the deeper level, the more the second step after I'd done so much tapping was actually being aware of the physical sensations underneath the emotions. Mm. Right? At mm. that point, I could answer that question more easily, right? Because I could actually feel where the emotions were in my body at that point. But I just didn't have that awareness when I started out. It had to develop over time. You know, just that whole piece that you've just said, Anne, about not really being aware of these sensations and uh, and the where we were feeling things in our bodies. I actually had a friend, um, we were out for a walk the other day, and the conversation that we had was actually about our experience as little kids and things like, um, you know, in school where you are basically trained to not, basically, if you need to go for to the toilet, you, you hold it in because, you know, it's not time to go. So effectively, we're, we're taught how to not respond to a lot of the sensations that are very natural to us. And also, um, one of her experiences was going to see the doctor when she had a throat infection or something and being told, oh, that's just nonsense, you're fine, and sent off on her way. And it, it just, this idea of where is it along the way that we actually lose touch with the things that our body is trying to tell us, with the sensations and the emotions that are there to help us navigate the world. But we kind of shut them down a bit. Yeah, we do the whole the whole time through childhood. And we, as parents, we do it to our children, right? We'll see them perhaps crying and we'll say, oh, you're, you're sad. And at that point, we start to use the word sad instead of feeling the feelings in the body. So we mm-hmm. are helping our children dissociate from those feelings just by doing that, right? Or we see a child who's really tense and we say, oh, you're really angry, aren't you? Or something like that. And we start using the word I'm angry or the words I'm angry instead of feeling those feelings in the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like it's it's one of these things that we do need to come back to having possession of, uh, come back to having awareness and understanding of as as adults. Right. I had, I had to develop that, right? It's not something that I mm. could have just chosen to do in the moment. Mm. I actually had to release em- enough of that tension and the past trauma before I actually could develop that awareness. So I mm. couldn't have got to that step two before I'd done step one. Now, some people like empaths, em- empaths, mm-hmm often have that experience already. They can always already feel those emotions in their body. And so they might not have to do that that initial work that I did with the EFT. They might already be able to step into those feelings. So that's what the second step was, was actually when I became aware of those sensations, I decided I want to feel my feelings. Mm -hmm. So I didn't need to tap anymore. I actually... I, I was in a group at the time and the, the kind of the guru, the head of the group, every week he would say the same thing. He said, you don't need to meditate. It's all about feeling your feelings. But at the beginning, that's when I started my journey with EFT and I didn't know what my feelings were. But as mm. the weeks went by and he said this over and over and over again, one day I'm standing at the kitchen sink doing the dishes and I said, okay, let me try and do this. What does it mean to feel your feelings? So I noticed that I had a thought that was fearful. It was a fearful thought. 
Now, at this point during the journey, I was able to catch thoughts, right? To begin with, Mm -hmm. we often get caught up in them. But to be able to stand back and say, oh, look at me, I'm actually getting afraid now. That's that's a big step. It is. But yeah, so I would find this thought that was fearful. I would notice where that fear was inside of my body. Mm -hmm. And for me, fear was normally in my solar plexus or my stomach. And I would try and feel it. I just hold my awareness on that feeling. And I would notice if I moved or if I took a breath, I, I'd lost it. It would it would hide again because it was so used to being suppressed. Like trying to remember a dream and, they, you know, you get a little snippet of it and then it's gone again. Right. Yeah. So what I realized I had to do is as soon as I felt it, I had to hold myself like a statue and stop breathing right there. Not take a deep breath, just stop right where I was. And then I would talk to it. I would because mm-hmm. I wanted to keep my focused attention on it. So I would say things like, okay, I can feel you right there in my stomach. I can feel you as tension right there. I just want to feel you to allow you to be felt. And at some point I'd need to take a deep breath and I would notice that fear would have diminished slightly. So mm-hmm. then I would think the same thought again, feel the fear again, do the same thing, take a deep breath and it would diminish again. And I would just do that over and over again with the same thought until the emotion underneath had disappeared. Hmm. It's really interesting that you were standing doing the dishes when this this sort of technique, I guess, came to you because you've intuitively landed on something that's really similar to one of the techniques that we would use as part of, uh, you know, applied neuroscience um, facilitation. So that you have kind of just landed on this is, is, is really intriguing. And obviously, you've you've got this idea that there is this feeling, and for you, it was, as you say, maybe solar plexus, stomach area. And then for, for someone else, it, it might be somewhere else. And it is about actually leaning into where it is and noticing and just being okay with it. And that, you mentioned earlier, you know, something is beyond, that the, the freedom is beyond fear. And we would talk a lot about having the courage to face or to just accept what this is, to know that we're not going to have to stay in it forever, that we just have to be with it for a little while. Absolutely. Yeah. And what I've realized over the years is that emotions are just energy that's stuck in the body. Mm. And if we can find a way to allow it to dissipate out of the body, then it's gone. Mm. So yeah, we don't have to stay in it for very long. It doesn't take a long time. It takes maybe Mm. a few seconds. And those few seconds might not feel great, but it's mm. just stuck energy and you will get through it. I, I use that a lot on my journey to, to just to know that I could get beyond it. Mm. Yeah, actually, um, there's a book I've got here on the shelf uh, by Dr. Joan Rosenberg, and she talks about, you know, the 90 second reset, that um, if you can be with these uncomfortable feelings for that length of time, then you'll find, I mean, without ruminating on them, I guess, is is the other thing that we're not actually getting into the anxiety and the worry of what's going to happen if if this this fear becomes real. We're just literally in the here and now of it, in what is the sensation of it rather than what's the the outcome that we're worried about. There's right. a and big difference me, in that, isn't there? Right. And that's why EFT worked so well with me before I had that awareness, because mm-hmm. it's the tapping itself, the physical act of tapping in certain mm-hmm. parts of the body that allows that energy to dissipate. Mm-hmm. And and over time, my focused awareness developed too, because 
to begin with, my mind would be all scattered all over the place. And it was hard to bring it to a focus to stay on that one emotional, Mm -hmm. that one memory. But over time, I was able to do it more and more easily. So I would say over time, the amount of time it takes also decreases, right? So now Mm. when I'm holding my awareness, we haven't got to the third step yet, but when I'm holding my awareness inside my body, it only takes just a few seconds, maybe Mm. five. So it's just diminished over time because my ability to focus attention has honed through this work. Yeah, yeah. And again, that's that's down to... The neuroplasticity, isn't it? That's down to being able to create this new skill, this new way of doing things and the repetition of, of doing that, giving it, I guess, volume as a, a learned way of doing things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I did. I just continued to do it. So once I had this technique down, the feeling, the feelings, I would lay on the sofa in the evenings and I would think I'd already worked through all my childhood things with EFT. So Mm. now I would think about collective traumas because I was trying to find places that I still had held inside of me. So Mm. I would think about something for me like 9-11 or Mm. the Loma Prieta earthquake that I was in. And I would feel all those sensations inside Mm. and just allow them to be felt. And Mm -hmm. they would just dissipate. And I would feel them again and just did it over and over again. Now, during that period, I actually found at one point that I could keep my awareness inside my body after the tension had dissipated, which I had never heard of before. Mm -hmm. And it was really weird and it was very different. And the only way I can kind of explain it to someone is imagine you have a toothache or a stomachache. You can pinpoint where that sensation is coming from. But once the pain has dissipated, you you can't find that place again. You can't pinpoint it because there's nothing calling your attention to it anymore. Mm -hmm. I found that I could keep my awareness inside. So you've got... Like heightened interoception then, I guess. Maybe if that's the term for it. Yeah, I just call it a deeper level of awareness now because now I'm aware inside the body. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I started to play with it because I'd done it once. Could I do it again? And I found I could. And then, well, what can I do now that I've done it? Right. (laughs) (laughs) So I could move my awareness around and I found that I could find tension or no tension. Mm. So I'd find a place with tension and I Mm -hmm. would do this technique that I'd always done, right? Focus on it, just allow it to be felt and it would shift slightly and I'd do it again and again and again. And the tension inside my body, the physical tension held Mm. inside would start to release. And Mm -hmm. so I just did this over and over again. And eventually it took many, many months, but eventually I could actually put my awareness inside my head, which in itself was a, a huge difference to be inside my head Um, And I became aware of so much pain and tension. The pain was incredible in my left cheek and the forces that I became aware of that had been there all along. I just had now become aware of them. I became aware of the forces pulling my bones out of alignment and they were incredible. And it just Mm. blew my mind that I had not been aware of these for 50 years at this point. And I, I just wasn't aware of them until I was. And now I have this technique so I could just focus on it, just mm-hmm. allow it to be, and it would release. To begin with, it was so much pain that I could only focus for a second or two, and then I had mm-hmm. to do something else. But over time, things have released. The pain has diminished. The forces have actually relaxed. My skull bones would actually relax inside it felt really good I just released enough tension in what I at this point knew was the connective tissue that's Mm -hmm. where I'm releasing this tension yes 
Uh and the bones actually relaxed and it felt really good. But so last year I had these x-rays taken compared to 2013 and can actually see that the bones themselves have shifted. So the eye sockets are aligned. My jaw was way off to the side. It's now much more centered. My neck is way straighter than it's ever been. And I've grown half an inch as a result of that. (laughs) I want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) But to me, it shows the power we have within us. I didn't know any of this was possible like 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, this this is really important. This thing we didn't we don't know that these things are possible. And this is, I guess, another aspect of that conversation that I mentioned earlier is that, you know, we we've so often relinquished our responsibility or our power or our understanding of what we can do for ourselves that we expect solutions to be external. We expect that and don't misunderstand me. I mean, there are definitely um, things that do need external intervention, but a lot of the things that we we can resolve ourselves, we have lost the ability to do. I love that word responsibility, right? Responsibility. It's our ability mm. to respond. Mm. And this work, I feel, allows us to take responsibility for pretty much anything, right? Because we can feel what's happening inside of us mm. about anything that's happening outside of us, right? Any politics that's happening, war that's happening, our neighbours shouting at each other, any of those things, we probably have a feeling inside. Now, we may not be aware of it to begin mm. with, right? So we can work with just the words. But once we are aware of how we're feeling inside, we can work to release those feelings. And to mm. me, that is taking responsibility. Yeah, and that then, of course, that just really helps us to to show up and to do things better, to be more effective, to have the interactions with people, have the um, have the relationships with people, be the the leader, be the supporter, be whatever it is that we need to be. If we have this awareness and we're not trying to, I guess, dodge the raindrops of whatever is coming at us uh, emotionally. Right. And one of the things people don't realize, and you don't really fully grasp it until you you start doing this work, but as you change, things around you change. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the interactions in my family change, which was one of the things I really, I so wanted to be a peaceful mother because I would Mm -hmm. see these other mothers at school and say, I want to be that way. And I wasn't. But I became that way and I knew I'd changed when another mother came up to me and said, I'd like to be as peaceful as you are. Mm. So that was nice. (laughs) Yeah. But but the interactions do change because when you're at peace, when you're grounded, Mm. that's what you attract from other people around you. Yeah. And that, of course, takes us back to the courage point as well, where, you know, we, we do need to have the courage to change that, to actually step into doing something differently in the first place, because we don't always trust that it we will get a new response, even if we do change something. So that, that does take courage, does it not? It does take courage and will and determination. Yeah, I mm. was so determined to change. I mean, I, I started to ask myself, you know, I hear people say that you create your own reality and that kind of thing, right? I'd heard that mm. so many times mm. and, you know, I tried different things, but nothing really changed. And so I started to ask myself, what is it I'm missing, right? If mm. if that is the case, what is it I'm missing? What are they seeing that I'm not yet seeing? 
And I used that to help me along the way too, because I knew I wasn't doing it, right? I wasn't changing. I really wanted to change at my base level. And that's mm. what I realized that this work is doing. It's actually changing the, the physical self, right? It's allowing us to be the change we want to see in the world. I don't think I've actually expressed this thought at, at any point out loud. But, you know, I sometimes get the feeling that like you just said, you know, you really wanted a change. You really wanted to be different and you were so determined to be that. I just seem, I, I observe people and it's almost like they're trying to get back to something. It's not like they've never been that. It's it's just that it's been obscured. They're not really changing. They're uncovering. Absolutely. I mean, because I can see and I can sense inside my body now, right? So I can sense that there's darkness or density and underneath, once we let that go, once we let that tension go on the inside, it's already light underneath. So mm. all we have to do is find that darkness and let that go. And to me, that's why the positive thinking never worked because in trying to think something positively, we're actually suppressing the actual thought. Yeah. And, and what we really want to find is that actual thought and let the stored energy around that thought dissipate, leave the body, and then mm. thoughts naturally arise. More positive thoughts just naturally arise by themselves. We don't have to try to do it. Mm. Mm -hmm. That has uh, really been very, very interesting. Are, what's the summing up, I guess, what's the final bit of the journey? Is there an end to a journey? Is this a lifetime's work? Is this something that will ever stop? <laughs> What, where do you go from growing half an inch? <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting, an interesting <laughs> question. I've asked myself that many times because it is, it's very much an onion. You know, we peel yeah. one layer and we're shown mm -hmm. the next layer. We're just shown a deeper and deeper layer each time. So mm. I still have tension that I'm working on to release inside. I'm working now in my tooth roots, in my, in my jaw bones, my cheekbones and my palate. So I'm just working to release that tension and, and looking to see what changes because mm. it is an amazing path, right? A lot of people think it's maybe it's hard work, but there is definitely, you know, work and determination involved, but the past opens up to you, right? Mm. That burden that you've been carrying that I was carrying, I felt really heavy and dense in my twenties and thirties. That is, it's released and it feels lighter. It's easier to laugh. It's, it's, life is just lighter but there's also more to that there's actually a depth to life that I didn't know existed before so the more awareness we have inside of us the more we can see that in other people the more we can see why things are happening outside in the world around us and that's fun right I can sense I can sense sound deep inside my body now that I couldn't when I started because mm. I had so much resistance around me so that means even feeling music, right? Mm -hmm. Feeling people talking, I can feel it at a deeper level. So that is more depth to life. And, you know, mm -hmm. other things, one of the other fun things that changed for me was my voice. I, I like to sing in the car. I do not have a good voice, but I like to sing in the car. I like to sing in the shower. And there were some notes that I couldn't get before. I just couldn't sing them. Mm -hmm. And this releasing of the tension in my skull, which I believe is our echo chamber for our voice, I can sing these notes now that I could never sing before. So that's fun too. It sure is. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so, uh, Anne, 
Look, this has been a fantastic conversation. I really want to say thank you very much for sharing this with us, for sharing this journey with us. I know you've got a YouTube channel. Is there a title for that so that people can look it up? I'll put the details in the show notes as well. I actually don't know how to make a title for a YouTube channel. So just, <laughs> okay. just, look, up, just look up my name, Anne Hintz. Okay, um, and uh, Anne Hintz on YouTube. And I will put a link in there that is, is easy for people to click on as well so um, they can get that when they pick up the notes. Okay, and I do have my book where I, I wrote down the whole story. So that's called A Pathway to Insight. And where can people get that? Is that on you Amazon? You can get that on Amazon, yes. Fantastic. All right, and thank you so much. And I will chat to you at the other side. Thank you. It's fun. You're still here? Great. Look, I know there's a lot to choose from out there. So thanks for flying with Ambition Incubator Airlines. And I look forward to seeing you on board again soon. Seriously, though, thank you for tuning in. My guests and I love hearing about what inspires you on the show and what advice has made a difference in your life or work and what you'd like more of. So get in touch. If you want to know about my other work, head over to ambitionincubator.com for details. And don't forget to hit subscribe for more great interviews, advice and bite-sized brain science every week. 